Hello and welcome to episode 52 of Shoulder to Shoulder Podcast, telling stories from the LAFC community match by match, fan by fan, shoulder by shoulder. Chris, Christian, and I are joined in our brand new studio today, uh, along with sound engineer Wilton, with Sean Owasco, also known as at VFX Sean from the LAFC Cuervos. Welcome to our brand new studio. What's up, guys? How you doing? Hey, wow. Happy New Year! <laughs> <laughs> happy New Year, yeah. First episode in 2020. Woo! <laughs> our first episode of season two, our first episode in our new studio. So uh, congratulations, Christian, on your new home here. And thank you for carving out an entire room for us to have a studio, brother. Always. This is the sanctuary. We had a space in the other home, but, you know, we've been kind of building this one together. And there's still some furniture and things that we need to add in here in terms get of where LA, Get that LAFC carpet that I found. Yeah, no, there, there's LAFC things to carpet. add. Oh, dude, I, I don't even remember what link I found it on, but I sent... Uh, it's you, on WhatsApp. That's, if you want, that's if dope. you want it, bro, yeah, I got that, you. That's dope. Yeah, yeah I'm with that. Oh, we're still basking in the glow of our Heineken bar lamp LAFC. So yeah. uh, shout out Heineken. Thank you so much. If you want to sponsor the show, <laughs> reach out to any of us at LAFCS2S yeah. or www.lafcs2s.com. If you're out there in the community, and you want to come on the show and tell us a story, we would love to hear your story. Uh, gentlemen, we have had so much happen in the past couple weeks of our winter break. A lot to catch up on in the community. Um, we've had some great signings, some great additions to the club. Uh, regrettably, we've had some subtractions to the community as well, too. So why don't we start first and foremost with a little bit of sad news. Um, our hearts uh, certainly go out um, to the family of Jaime Calvillo. Um, may you rest in peace, sir. Tragically lost the lives of one of our drummers. Really, really a sad thing for the LAFC community. But I have to say, the response from the community, the 3252 always steps up for its own and, and has been you know, just a really great thing to see. I mean, there was a $10,000 goal that was blown away within the yeah. first week yeah, to help support the family. Yeah. And that GoFundMe is still happening. You can reach out to LAFC Cuervos on any of their social media platforms, and you can find some information there to donate to the family. If you're not familiar with Jaime, he was the one who really pioneered the inclusion of the Huevelo drums into the North Huevetel? End. Uh, am I saying that right? I don't know. I'm, I'm probably <laughs> saying it wrong. But, but if, they, they're the thunderous. Yeah, the they are. Yeah. They, um, the addition of those drums really changed the entire yeah. sonic landscape of the 3252. And, they're traditional Aztec drums for the Aztec drumming of the dancing and those festivities that take place. So I think bringing that into the fold, into the north end, bringing that flavor of the community also resonated in sounds that were very distinct. I mean, I'm not even Mexican, and I could you could feel the ancestors when those drums. You know what I mean? Like they're pleased by it. You know yeah, that yeah. that sound is just incredible, man. It was really a beautiful thing. He would do you know sage cleansings of people in the north yeah. end as well too. There was a lot of very traditional, very ceremonial, very harmonious elements that he brought to the north end that will never be replaced. And that's that's a very sad thing for the community. But you know, rest in pride. Your legacy will go on. The you chant, we bang will will never be forgotten. Um, and hopefully, you know, we see other people take up his place in the drum line and Nilos Huayuetl drums uh, will go on. Somewhat fortuitous that we have a member of the Cuervos with us today, worked out somewhat by chance. So, Sean, we've been trying to land you on the show for some time here. Thank you so much for finally being able to make it out to studios. I know uh, coming out to, to Reseda is a bit of a drive, and we appreciate you coming out, dude. No, I appreciate you guys having me out, thinking I'm interesting enough to come on, you know? Oh, no. So. And you're, you know, avid fan, and you have your own story to tell. So we appreciate your listenership and yeah, always know, of kind of giving us shout-outs and 
putting us in your story. So we appreciate that. Yeah, I love you guys, man, for sure. It worked out by chance that we have a Cuervo with us today. Um, It could not have been more appropriate if if by accident, if nothing else. But moving on to some more positive news within the community. Since our last episode, we've had some major signings, some invitees to camp that are working out. So why don't we kind of roll through some of the news going on in the community? So why don't we start at the back of the defense and goalkeeper, and we'll talk about the addition of Kenneth Vermeer from Feyenoord, a team that I really feel like it, it needs like a Swedish chef pronunciation. Like I look at that word. And like the Californian in me wants to go, oh yeah, Feynord. But then I kind of like really just like want to be like Feynord. Like it just looks like it should be pronounced that way, and I can't fight it. So That's we're just gonna terrible. roll with it. That is absolutely let's terrible. Let's not pronounce it like that ever I'm again. Now, no. How will you pronounce it? You I, don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I heard. You know I was I, trying to. We honestly don't even have to mention his former club because he doesn't play for them anymore. That's true. Amen. Yeah. But speaking of his former clubs, he did have over 100 caps for Ajax and. By all impressions, based on him bringing in, he is most likely to be our starting keeper or at least number one on the depth chart. So your initial reactions to the departure of Tyler Miller and his replacement by Kenneth Vermeer? I've not seen a lot of footage of uh, Kenneth Vermeer, you know, so it's it's hard for me to say. We saw the highlight reel when he got announced, and I mean, of of course, but I mean, he's in his mid-30s, so he's had a whole career of highlights, you know, so you would assume that it wouldn't be very hard for you to be able to get that footage together. I mean, he obviously got brought in for a reason. I was there at that Performance Center day, for media day at the Performance Center, when Bob was saying that we were looking for other options, and you could tell that the way he was saying it, that he was insinuating that there was something on the horizon, and then I think not even 48 hours later, we had the announcement of Kenneth Ramir. So, you know what, I, I think that Bob makes a lot of uh, really good position choices, and so, you know what, if... Um, if if it's an upgrade in any sense of the word, then great. You know, I mean, I, I'm a huge fan of Tyler Miller. Yeah, I've always been, but and I we all obviously wish him the best of luck with Minnesota United. Yeah, no, I I'm pleased only because they haven't disappointed us in terms of John Thorrington and Bob. It seems like they're in sync. They've done their homework. They've recruited well. I just think maybe Tyler was asking for more than what the club thought his value was. One and two. I don't know if it was close to what Vermeer's getting or not, but he is an experienced keeper. I think he's going to be probably a better leader, probably more solid in the back, maybe more vocal, and I think an established keeper in their 30s kind of gives that presence regardless. Tyler's just young. I think he's going to be a great keeper. I think he did as good as he could at this point in his career, and I, I expect a lot from him, and I think he does deserve to be a starter somewhere at this point. I just don't think it's with our club because I I don't think he was making the bigger saves in some of the bigger games that maybe a more experienced keeper may have done. I almost 100% agree with that. I think that he's an incredible keeper, right? I mean, but he's young. He needs to, like, really get out there and witness some stuff, man, you know? And I I think that when you look at what these guys were making, it was clear that Cisniego was supposed to be, you know, the main guy based on what the money they were making, right? Right. So like two years in a row. Yeah, with Buba Lopez too. He was supposed to be the backup. And if you look at the play, the foreign style of goal, as opposed to MLS, that Cisniego plays, you can tell that if he played like that last year, granted he let some more goals in, right? But this year, he's going to be better. And what they need back there is they need the experience because even Pablo... You could tell when he didn't communicate well with that back line. He had the same issues that Tyler Miller had, right? right? So it was a bunch of young guys hanging out. And what a bunch of young guys hanging out do? They don't listen to one another, right? But if you got this dude who, and granted, he might be a little older, right? But Gigi Buffon was still in net. 
You yeah. know, I mean, Ramondo was in that in, in MLS oh, 40, for a million yeah. years, yeah. right? So, And, you know, that was one of the things on our interview with Tyler Miller when he came on. He said that goalkeepers are one of those positions where you get better as you get yeah. older. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. having a goalkeeper in their 30s is not nearly the same as having someone who's a midfielder or a striker sure. in their 30s. Yeah. We might not recognize a team like Feyenoord, but certainly his call-ups for national team. I mean, we're talking about a guy who put up clean sheets against international squads like Germany, Spain. I mean, this is not someone who you know has had some experience in Europe. We're talking about a person who's had experience with a national team at the very highest level, and I believe went something like eight years without giving up a goal for national yeah, team. Yeah. Some pretty impressive numbers there. So I think we're all very excited to see what that kind of experience and leadership brings to the back line. Speaking of defense, we do have another couple additions as well, too. So most notably, I think, is Jose Cifuentes, um, who joins us um, from Club Deportivo Universidad Católica um, from the Ecuadorian side, where he's a 20-year-old midfielder and was a star um, for the U-20 World Cup team. Um, we're talking about a guy here who was on the radar of teams like, you know, Manchester, Celtic. So there's City, def- not Manchester. City, oh. yeah. I wish it was Manchester. I would have signed him. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> Yeah. Excuse me. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Um, I like Cifuentes, right? He oh, he—he he looks. Didn't he take a knock yesterday? He did. He, he got stretchered off. Knock, bad knock yesterday. Yeah, he, he got, got stretchered yeah. off. Uh, yeah, a quad injury or quadricep tear is the initial report. Um, unconfirmed. Haven't that's heard anything good. from the club. That's not good at all. Um, that's just. I mean, he was carried off in a stretcher. We saw those pictures. And we know he was grabbing his quad while he was carried off. That's literally all I've heard. I know Josh, you know, shout out, you know, to our friends in the pod fam with uh, the medical expertise. We're going to try and get a look at the video and put a report out. I have not heard anything official or unofficial yet other than he was stretchered off and there was a quad injury. So quick recovery. Hopefully he comes back quick and it's not one of those. um, Nagging, long nagging injuries. Or hopefully it's not really a tear. Maybe it's just a bad knock. Like yeah, a, hopefully it was yeah. a, it was a bad knock because that kid was on everyone. Like you said, he was on everyone's radar. Yeah. And like Orlando City, man, they were dumb enough to sell us the rights to that kid because they don't know what they. I don't know. Maybe they didn't know what they had. Maybe their their scouts weren't as good. But everybody wanted this kid, man. He he, I think is the most exciting signing that we've made so far. Yeah. Well, he had one of you the know? FIFA like goals of the year yeah. with that FIFA yeah. Under 20s World Cup. Yeah. So. I, I'm excited, uh, and we, um, I think yesterday, Jonathan and I spoke, just, and we'll touch on this, the depth in the midfield that we're going to have. Oh, Hopefully, yeah. if he's if he's not injured, and I know you're going to talk about Poncho uh, quick, but I'm excited about um, Cifuentes just because we're not going to have gassed midfielders at the end of the season. I think that may have been one of the issues in terms of our performance dipping um, at the wrong time, uh, even yeah. though we got pivotal game one in the playoff I, I think we were gassed out going into that semifinal match yeah, well, and, and, and then you know with the loss of win and Mark Anthony K being connected with uh, transfer rumors to uh, Gank Gank and Basel yeah. 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 yeah so I mean there is the possibility I mean we already have lost one of our uh, midfielders potential for another you know so it's 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 good that we brought in depth enforcements like that. yeah yeah Rumors out of the club are that Mark Anthony Kay is not looking to leave the club and that the offers for him 
Uh, we're speculative that the club has not received any formal offers um, uh, or what we've heard from some people inside the club. So obviously a formal offer could show up all the way to the last minute, but it seems like the Mark Anthony K rumors might be more media or agent generated. At this point in time, the clubs don't seem to think there's a lot of fire behind that smoke. And I'm okay with that. I'm okay <laughs> with that too. I am. Um, <laughs> I think the goal this offseason has been to create depth, to create a quote-unquote B team um, in order to compete in some of these extra competitions we have. And, and we'll touch a little bit more on that in a second. Um, but speaking of additions, uh, we also have the addition of Francisco Pancho Guinella as well, too, uh, who joins us um, from the Uruguayan side, Montevideo Wanderers. Um, so a star um, for the U23 squad for Uruguay as well, too, in the U20 World Cup. It seems like... Um, all of our scouting videos should just be South American U20 World Cups. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Seems to be a consistent theme there with Thorrington um, and something that's played out really well. Um, a box-to-box defensive-based yeah. midfielder um, who early reports out of training camp um, you know, have rumored him to have some of the best weighted through balls that the club has seen in some time. Um, and really excited to see what that brings to a potential A squad in rotation or B squad addition. But boys, what do you think of the addition of Poncho? I'm excited. I mean, him and Cifuentes, they're both two-sided midfielders. So they're going to be able to finish. They're going to be able to tackle. They're going to be able to distribute. They're going to have vision. They've showed that in both of their national teams already and in their club side. So they're, they're on people's radars for a reason. And the fact that they're choosing to, to come to LAFC to have additional exposure, I mean, speaks volumes to the pipeline that's been created because we've given opportunities to other South American young players, and now they're blossoming, so they see that there's kind of a path. And what's cool is that there's already two Uruguayans here. There's an Ecuadorian with Chiqui. Mm-hmm. So, and then there, we have two Colombians. Yeah. So that means, like, there's a trust when they get here. Yeah. They, they feel, like, comfortable in the city, and they, they feel like they have someone that's done it. It's going to kind of teach them the ropes on how the club works and how to live here. There was an article that I read, though, that I think Vince uh, wrote it, and it was on the club's website, but it was saying that... Uh, LAFC had definitely gotten ahead of the curveball when uh, trying to get some talent out of South America, but now because of the amount of people that are now coming to South America to pull these players, that now the market is flooded and that now the prices for players is increased because now they see that there is an opportunity for these players to go and play in other countries like in North America or maybe on some of the European squads. And so it may not be as much we may not be adding as many South Americans in the immediate future just because the market is what it is now. But I think we've seen an infrastructure be able to be implemented where, you know, Thorrington was able to go out, find a scout that was reliable and trustworthy, hire that person, get good additions and create a good pipeline and good relationships with teams down there to bring into the club. And if they're able to create those same kind of partnerships and relationships in other places like we see sort of the initial beginnings of in Australia and perhaps we're able to make some of those similar connections throughout the soccer world, the football world, um, I think it, it only shows an ability 
to create these things going forward. And even if one pipeline has some issues and dries up, we've shown the ability to create one um, at a level that has not been executed in MLS in some time. And so hopefully, you know, we can create more pipelines like that. I think it's all positive at this point. Um, but good for them. I mean, if the markets down there are able to get a better asking price and it's more fiscally viable for them, then, you know, everyone's winning in that regard, especially if some of these players do end up launching off over to Europe or right. over to bigger markets and, and, you know, that cash flow continues. But it just makes you think that if the price is then too high and it's no longer in the advantage of a club like LAFC to take these players, that then they might have to start looking somewhere else. What the details I haven't seen, though, is um, from, I know there's been, I think, Columbus Crew, uh, even FC uh, Inter Miami, um, or it's Inter Miami SCF, I guess. But those guys are weird down there. It's Miami, bro. What I was going to say is, like, I haven't heard reports of how their deals were structured because I think one of the things that's unique um, so far with LAFC is that there's a percentage of sell-on given back mm -hmm. to the South American team. So that could be a mechanism to continue to keep the prices down and the trust, right? Like, we're going to take care of you when we do sell-on the player yeah. um, if you, you know, keep dealing with us because you're going to get a fraction of whatever X millions of dollars that you're going to get, and it's going to help with your infrastructure domestically. Yeah, I, think, I, think that, I think that's correct, too. I yeah. think it's really important that we do that, you know? Because right. I think that that, that makes shows... them want to do business with us more right. again. Yeah, it's, it's like, hey, it's we're the giving incentive, them a bone. Right. Right? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, it's the incentive. We're taking care of their players, and we're just... We're, I mean, you got to look at it like these guys are... Our system of players is we're going to get young kids specifically to resell them, right? right? Like that's the thing. We're going to let them. They're going to play for us. They, as long as they fit our system, they're going to play for right. us, play well at the level they've been playing, and then we're going to sell them for whatever it, we can make off of it. They're going to get a cut. We're going to get a cut, and we got a player who performed, right? Yep. Like Rossi, at some point, we're going to lose that kid. Yeah. Right. He's I mean, phenomenal. We're going to lose Brian you know, Rodriguez, We're going to lose, I mean, yeah. We're going to lose a bunch we're of these lose guys. We're going to lose everybody at some point, right. you know? Some uh, sooner than others. Ten right. years from now, when we're recording episode 1000, none of the players <laughs> will be the same, for sure. Oh, no. We'll have at least oh, Well, Cisneniego might still well, be here. Like Vela, uh, Vela's son, maybe? But, uh, <laughs> Vela's son, yeah. You know, and we also are going to have some returning faces. Uh, Jordan Harvey and Dijon Jakovic. Uh, Jakovic are back. And, uh, and then also Tristan Blackman extended through 2022. Thankfully. Yeah, Blackman, the extension, that was key. Uh, we have very little depth at right back. I mean, I think Blessing is probably our second option yeah. right back at the moment, barring um, a late signing here, which, of course, this club has been known for. We've signed multiple big players all the way up in, until the last minute. So, you know, who knows what roster machinations are yet to come. But Blackman locking it down as our starting right back and certainly a big role in backing up center mid as well. I'm sorry, excuse me. Um, our center back as well too. Well, you um, know something that Bob had said too when we talked when I had asked him about bringing back Jordan was that um, Chicky and El Munir, El Munir, that they could also jump on over to right if need be. Yeah, I could see them even playing in the mid, like yeah. if really needed. If yeah. that gets El Munir yeah. more minutes, I you know personally have said on the show before that I was really impressed by what we saw from him in a limited amount of time. Yeah. And yeah. if right back is a way to get him in and he's able to have some similar success to what we saw last season, uh, I'm all for it. Um, El Munir is someone that... You know, we gave up a big piece to get in our first ever first pick. So, uh, you know, it would be nice to see that blossom into something mm -hmm. that has some big impact on the first team squad. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that I think the Blackman coming back was is so important because, in my opinion, my humble opinion, 
is I think we played some of the best football that we played last year in Open Cup with that backup team. Yeah. You know, I, I, I really, really believe that, you know, you you look back at those games, I've rewatched those games, like, it looks it looks like like that like we could compete on any world stage. And just think about now those, we've added depth. That's what I mean. Yeah. yeah. So like at this point, like if we played like that then, that's what I'm excited for, you know, going down to Lyon and then all this other stuff. I'm excited for these outside competitions because I feel like they perform better when they're put in a position where they have to do things that they wouldn't normally do, right? We got put in an open cup. We got put in a position where we had to use players. We weren't, some of them weren't even ready, right? Right. But we found out so many, so much about our players and about the players who were still here at that time, you know? Mm-hmm. And that wouldn't happen if we didn't play that competition. How much yeah. would we know about Latif Blessing if we'd only ever played him at the role he came to us in? Would he have, would we have even played him, you at know, as, as soon as Or as if, soon or as if did, Wynn right? didn't get hurt. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. then and if Andre Horta hadn't gotten hurt. Yeah. That's, that's it. true. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> you still like him. Get out of here, <laughs> man. I'm just I'm I I I'm not saying I like him. I'm just saying the guy got hurt. He couldn't stay on the pitch, so other people had to step it up. Poor considering, though, man, like he would, th- th- he you'll never recover from that, right? Like that dude. He, I don't know, man. Never, he's, he's not doing terrible at Sevilla. No, but but or with not us, here, um, with us though, he would have never. It would have. There's no way you can't recover from that. No. Yeah. Oh, you're talking about from the galaxy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, you can. With never our recover. fan base, you know what? If it, if if that if his strike that hit the post was just a couple inches to the other side, yeah. man, that would. That's been, how life is, though. Yeah. 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 Speaking of the galaxy, there was a big signing too down the street. Don't care. Well, yeah. uh, no. No. Well. Wait, hold on. I think it's good to talk for rivalry's sake. So, not good to talk that it's like, oh, I'm not sitting here trying to say, hey, let's talk about you, Chicharito. So here's the funniest thing about that signing, in my opinion. So I have a regular customer who's a diehard Galaxy fan, right? Always rocking the gear, heads up, right? And he comes in and he looks at me, and this was, you know, the day that the signing was sort of formally announced, right? And he was just like, Chicharito, we got Chicharito, we're going to beat you guys. And I was like, you know, I, I don't really feel like the addition of Javi, like, gives your team that much better and he was like no man not xavi we got chicharito and i was like no dude like like javier hernandez he's like i don't care about no hernandez i'm talking cheater and i was like dude you don't realize that his real name is javier hernandez like chicharito and like the look on his face when he realized i was talking about the same guy and like just watching the egg crumble all over his face as he like had that complete moment of idiocy was by far the highlight of his signing for me, but that's amazing. <laughs> that's really good. No, yeah, that's, that's like fantastic. I said, I, I'm simply saying for the sake of the rivalry. Oh, it's, it's more signing, exciting with him here. Yes, yeah. I'll say and, that. And, and yeah. there's yeah. plenty yeah. of there's plenty of people that are excited about him being there because it creates the rivalry. It's more exciting nationally because here there's already that dust up that's gonna happen, right? In terms of our fans don't necessarily get along or have the same point of view, don't root for the same team, obviously. And it didn't matter if he was there or not. We were, we were going to take that game very seriously. Yeah, but I think that derbies are more fun when there is a narrative sure. to sure. it. Yeah. Sure. yeah, that's true. And, and, and I'm not, like I said, if, yeah. if they wouldn't have signed anybody, it still would have been a derby and we still would have... For sure. We still would have a been win there. Is gonna, just, right. But I'm just saying, sure when there's now. a narrative, it makes them a little bit more entertaining. Yeah. They needed him desperately. They needed That's him true. to sell the entire stadium renovations yeah. and yeah. new, you know, the, their safe standing section that they're copying, uh, bringing in. Um, you know, that they needed that from an optic standpoint. He brings twice as many social media followers with him oh, to the easily. Galaxy as every yeah. single player on yeah. their team combined. 
He has twice as many followers as every player combined. Wow. Well, I mean, like I said, he's a very popular player. My my wife, she sent me this picture from the store a little while earlier ago, and it's a picture of Chicharrones. And she goes, every time I see this stuff about this Chicharito dude, because she doesn't know football, right? Like, the only thing she knows is LAFC. She goes, I think of Chicharroni's and I wish I had some. And it's like, <laughs> dude, I laughed, I laughed out loud because it was like the most amazing thing, you know? Because she has no she has no context to it, right? Right. But but you know, but like the thing is, is like you, what you know, what, what you said is that it it raises that that bar of the of the rivalry, right? right? Yeah. Because and awareness. there is a storyline. Yeah. There's awareness now, which is good. And, and those guys talking to each other. You know, Vela and him talking about and to each other is that's selling tickets. Speaking you know, they sure. selling su- Speaking of tickets. Vela and his interviews, yeah. Oh man, the big Velowski dude. That okay for anyone that has Velowski. No, Velowski. And the the what did we, it wasn't the dude. What did we call him or what did you call him? El dude. El dude. Uh, El, dude. <laughs> El dude. So if anybody hasn't seen it, go out and look up Hercules uh, Hercules Gomez's Gomez. Instagram or Twitter. A uh, Twitter, and he has this video where uh, Carlos Vela is gonna come on to the the. Um, the set at the bank, and he's oh, and he's wearing like a white polo shirt and these like <laughs> black and yellow plaid like yeah. bell bottoms, right? Yeah, they're bell bottoms. And, yeah. and he's you know he's just he, it's in Spanish, but yeah. he's pretty much just like, hey, what are you wearing? <laughs> what is that? Yeah. And it's you know and he struts and, after like he's oh, proud yeah. of it. Yeah, yeah no, his, uh, but, but his, his personality comes his, out a little right, bit, right? His, but his personality and everything about yeah. it, man, this is a different Carlos Vela than yeah, I feel is. like we had He's ever seen when yeah. he was in Europe. This oh, is home, sure. right? Yeah. This is home for him right now. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so, and and I think that that is evident also in the performance on the pitch. And I, I like the fact that he is talking. So he's still friends with Galaxy players that are from the Mexican national team, including Chicharito. And he's telling him, "Dude, you should probably come." To me, that just means that he wants a challenge because obviously last year, Ibra pushed him when here locally to kind of push him and you know top what he did last year that's dope so. yeah I, I mean i think it does it does give some more relevancy to the matches because um the galaxy are losing the credibility within the community certainly here in los angeles so it's going to make the rivalries a little more fun i still don't see the galaxy as having put together the kind of defense that it's going to take to no, to but be able I, to have I, a good like season. I said, I, for me, I want these because you know every uh, everyone in this room has a friend who's a Galaxy fan, mm-hmm. and so it's it, you know yeah. it just it make it makes the rivalries even more fun than what they would be as if it was you know just the derby in itself. Although maybe we don't, right? Because let's be honest, like Galaxy fans are so few and far between. Like I I don't remember the last time I saw somebody wearing Galaxy gear. In LA, honestly, my friends started wearing you know? their gear after I became an LA. Yeah, see, fan. that's that's what I'm saying. I think I think that in a, since 2014, I think I saw yeah. one kid wearing a, like a Galaxy track jacket or something. Yeah, that's I mean, it, man. You, you know? definitely you definitely don't see the Galaxy fans wearing a lot of Galaxy gear. Yeah, out on their the crest street. doesn't mean as much, you know. But I mean, at the same time, too, the the greatest thing that LAFC ever did was make the black and gold hat. Oh, yeah. Like that was by oh, yeah. far the best thing that they yeah. ever did because that hat is now such a hot ticket, you yeah. know. And it's so e- it's so easy to put on. It's not at the level of like a Dodgers hat, but it's definitely probably the the second 
most popular hat in Los Angeles. And you got to own all of them, right? I got I got two of the black and gold ones. Yeah. I got the blacked out one. Yep. Uh, the only one I don't have is the black and white one. You know, the oh, monochrome yeah, one, which yeah, I got to yeah. cop that one, yeah, right? Yeah. But they're all they're all dope. Yep. You know. I got my limited edition red, white, and blue one from Fourth of July a couple years back too. Now I have way too many LA. That's your barbecue yeah, hat, it's, right? It's, you wear that to the barbecue. <laughs> Fourth of July hat. Yeah. Yeah. Fourth of July. Yeah. I wear it anytime yeah. I show up with Bar Seventy Six to the U.S. National oh, Team games, right? You know, yeah, know, so we got a couple that. of those coming up too as well. Too shout out to to Fern and all the boys at B Seventy Six. So. Um, you know, still, still got a rep for the USA from time to time. Um, you know, they especially it, they you know, we it, got a They don't right make now. it easy though. Well, uh, not right now. No. They don't make yeah. it easy. Not no, right but uh, you know, look, it is what it is. They'll come around. Uh, you know, th- we'll have our day. We'll have our day. So yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, speaking of squad additions as well too, we've sort of wrapped up everything that yeah. goes on. Well, I guess you know, Bradley Wright Phillips um, has been impressing in training, and it certainly looks like. His addition to the squad as a backup striker is going to happen, and mm-hmm. that sort of rounds out that entire B squad. And I think it's going to be really important this year with the quantity of games we're playing that we have uh, acceptable rotation, and you know we need to be able to field almost a complete second right. squad in order to make it through as many competitions as we're going for. What? And you we know, have some draftees too, so oh, like yeah. the, it, it's deep. Like yeah, this, absolutely. this literally could be like. A team B and half of a C. But I think <laughs> if they if they run BWP and EO back to back, that's I mean you gonna get those guys fresh. Yeah, are you know and that's what I was telling. Dangerous man, it's gonna be one gonna one be of the thoughts. Yeah, I agree with you. One of the thoughts is like we we play this you know very fluid four three three system, but if we have like a team that's you know super tough and we need like last ten minutes. You could just toss it up to one of these big dudes yeah. and bring it down and just bring the rest of the midfield in. Kind of, yeah. I was telling, I'll bring a United reference in, but like Fellaini, like that's all he could do. Yeah, He's tall, strong yeah. dude that can bring the ball down yeah. where you could throw so, it into. I mean, is, is there a scenario in your mind where you have them both in at the same time? Um, No, probably not. Yeah, definitely not. No, uh, I, I mean, if, so. if someone gets fatigued or takes a knock in a game, I mean, yeah. I could see a tactical addition of one of them in the 60th minute and then... You know, somebody just takes a knock or, or, you know, has a little hammy tweak or something like that in the 70th. Then all of a sudden, the last 20 minutes of the game, I could see both of them in or I could see. But not as a strategy, not as a strategy going in. I mean, if we're chasing a goal late. I I mean, mean, I just think that, you know, maybe there would be something where you have two strikers, you know, them two is the two top strikers up top because of how of, of the amount of attention that they get from a defensive player and that it's hard enough to defend one. Now you got to defend two. I yeah. don't know. I wouldn't just because if you're going to do two strikers, you need one that's quick. Mm-hmm. So you would need to either play uh, Rito or Rossi yeah. with yeah. one of them too. Yeah. yeah. So um, Plus, I see us, if we do switch up the formation, we're going to do more of a 4-2-3-1 up top with like playing all three, Bella, Rito, and Rossi behind either Dio or BWP and taking one of the midfielders out and playing a double pivot. If, if Bradley Wright Phillips yeah. makes the team, what number do you think he's going to wear? 99. No, Dio wears 99. <laughs> <laughs> no, probably like, I don't know. 19? 19, 19, 98, I don't know. Zero? Who knows, yeah. <laughs> Whatever you want. Interesting. Just not 99. I didn't 99. think about Sorry. that. 89? <laughs> Sorry, I don't know. 66? Possibly. Why not? Uh, <laughs> I mean, I think we are going to have to see one. some midfield yeah, rotation this year. You know, one of the facts we wanted to throw out there is that the combination of Blessing K and Atuesta started 95 of 102 matches last year. Um, you know, and the team fell apart late in the season. So with m- 
a team that was already as fatigued as they were with the number of games we had last season, it's it's going to be imperative that we have that kind of rotation with more competitions this year. So excited to see where the roster's at, excited to see exactly how um, – we finish out the month and what the final squad looks like. But we are going to get our first chance to see the squad this weekend where we have our game versus Peñarol this Saturday. Uh, hopefully the pod will be out before then. Um, maybe you guys can be listening to this on your way to the stadium. Um, but that's going to be our first chance to get back into the bank, get our voices Can't up. Can't wait to be oh. home. Yeah, man. Oh, man, it's going to be great. Uh, we will be there. Um, it doesn't sound like Christmas Tree Lane is going to be open, so the normal tailgate may not happen. We may not have the pop-up out there as we would normally do, but, um, you know, uh, I know Christian and I are, are definitely going to be out there. Sound so. Engineer Wilton will be there. Shout out to Dubs. Sound Engineer will be there as well, too. So um, hit us up. You know, if you guys want to come by, we'll probably have some stickers and some pins and some stuff with us. So reach out to us on social media. You know, maybe we'll meet you up top deck for 90 before 90 or something. And, uh you know, come shout out. Who knows? You're nice to me. I might even buy you a beer. Um, <laughs> so that's going to be exciting. We had a quick run of games running through. So we have Penyarol, which, you know, we're all excited to be there. Closed to the public, NYFC and FC Dallas um, on the 31st of this month and the 6th of February for Dallas. And then anyone who bought tickets to Penyarol, kind of love LAFC. They're like, oh, you bought tickets to one game? Ah, here's free tickets to another game. Um, so we got free tickets. I didn't get my free tickets. That I think they're been, coming. That must have been a, um, must have been a season ho- ticket holder or something. I, oh, really? Oh, I think so. Uh, well, I thought if you bought tickets to Penyarol, um, you were going to get two free tickets. They just haven't issued them yet to yeah. your, to your oh, email. It was like in the fine print. Down yeah. For that. Yeah, it's like in the fine print of the email. Yeah. It's not like you oh, get the real? tickets immediately. Yeah, I think yeah. they'll probably wait and see if you actually use the ticket um, versus really? Penyarol. But, yeah. And then you'll get your account manager will get added tickets on the 12th for the game against FC Toronto, which yeah. should be another preseason friendly. I think before. that one's midweek, though. It's kind of yeah. tough. Yeah. But I'll be there. Yeah. And then, uh, and then we're all going to get on a plane and head down to Leon, man, which I'm really, really looking forward to. Um, we're going to have some, like, fiestas at some Ultras family's <laughs> house down there. And looks like we're going to be able to do um, some really great community work. Um, the orphanage that's there in Leon, we're going to be doing some community service days there. Um, shout out to our last pod from a couple times ago. So if you want to come back to, uh, what was that, episode... 49? It was 49. Was episode yep. 50. Yeah, no, it was 49. Episode with, with 49. Yeah. Um, you can get some information on where and how to donate um, with Global Diplomatic at Global Diplomatic. You can find out where you can be a part of donating so that LAFC is a force for good wherever we go in the world. Um, and we're excited as the podcast to help represent down there and do what we can to help. Uh, we have offered to ship any of the donated items from L.A. down to Guanajuato. Um, so we'll be making sure that all the supplies get there to the orphanage um, so that we can, uh, you know, spread some love wherever we end up in the world. And, and that game versus Leon will preview a little bit more as we get closer to that date. Uh, and we might even be able to get you some sound from down there and bring it back. We'll, we'll see how that works out. But that about wraps up what's going on in the community um, at this point in time, we kind of want to turn our attention to the man to my right here who has uh, been so kind enough to join us today. Sean, thank you so much for coming. Yeah. Oh, thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, thanks for making the time, man. You're a busy guy. For yeah, those it's of, been a little busy lately. <laughs> I could imagine in your line of work. And for those of you who are not familiar with Sean, uh, you can follow him at VFX Sean on your social media platforms. The VFX kind of gives it away, my friend. You are a visual effects whiz. Um, for those of you who are not familiar, just go ahead and IMD 
IMDB, my boy here. Um, if you type in Sean Owasco, you will find 81 different <laughs> things that you have worked on that show up on that account. Let's just run through the list here because there are some huge names in which you have been a part of. Things like Star Trek, The Tick, Criminal Minds, Empire, Prison Break, Bones, Outsiders, Blacklist, American Horror Story, Glee, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, Hunger Games, Castle, Fringe, Game of Thrones, you might have heard of that one, Mission Impossible, <laughs> Hawaii Five-0, Gulliver's Travels. I'm going to save my voice for this weekend and not run through the rest of the list, but my goodness, man, what a career. Wait a second. So you worked on Game of Thrones? I did. I worked a little bit on, on Game of Thrones. Did you, did you do that grainy, grainy episode at the very end where you couldn't see anything? No, no, no. I worked on it, <laughs> Which is I worked dark. On it way back, way back, in the, way back in, the, in the early beginning. Um, you had nothing to do with episode or season seven and definitely eight, right? Definitely not. No. Definitely not. But I did. I did. However, uh, there was a. So while the show was going on, like season two, they let out these commercials. Right. The commercials were like uh, people looking at that. They were watching HBO on their phones or their tablets. Right. And it was a commercial that they let they let out where people were watching on their tablets and the little baby dragon was flying around. You know, like I did. I had a lot to do with that commercial. Oh, that's cool. That was my the best experience on Game of Thrones was like. Comping a little baby dragon, you know, making it look cool. <laughs> so how did you get into the world of visual effects? How does one land uh, a gig like that? Where does uh, a career path bring you to there? Oh, man. So I, like I mentioned to you guys earlier before, I, I was playing a lot of video games as an adult and uh, working a, a job, not a career, you know, and I wanted to do something that was more fulfilling, right? So something that was a little bit had more depth to it, and I, you know, to be honest, I saw a commercial for uh, for a place called. Well, I was living in Orlando, Florida at the time, and uh, I saw a commercial for uh, the Digital Animation and Visual Effects School. Shout out to the Dave School. <laughs> they were so it, it's like look, I was an adult going back to school. It was like a twelve month program, and it was the greatest decision I ever made in my life, man. Those people were some of the best people that I till this day I still I still talk to I still lean on you know they they supported me the whole time you know there were a lot of young kids that went through the school too but like I I, I whenever I need something if if I ever need anything I I can I know that I could always like dial up the school talk to people who were there you know there's the alumni all over the place I had connections before I even graduated school so and do you kind of do that now? You give back and give yeah. access? Yeah, yeah. Whenever, whenever, you know, these young people, these young kids, they got, you know, they always hit me up. They want to be Facebook friends or LinkedIn or whatever. Like, I always add them. You know, I always like, like, we, I was working at a company called Fuse Effects here in the Valley. And, uh, you know, we were looking for, we were looking for people. And I, I always put it wherever I'm at. I always, I stick it in. We got like a, fa- like a Dave School alumni, like Facebook group, you know. Mm-hmm. And I always throw it in there, man, you know, and the one kid was, you know, most of the time, you know, people, they want a job. They say they want a job, but they don't want, they don't really want the job, right? So when you, you don't know what you're going to get sometimes, you know, especially with young people, but there was one kid who was super hungry. He came on and like, within like a year, he started at like a front desk, you know, and within a year he was like going on, on, going on set with people, you know what I mean? Like, that's cool. It was a cool, it was a cool experience to see that, you know, so. So how did football enter your life and. How did you become the ravenous football fan that you are today? <laughs> I've always been a fan of football. So, like, I was super poor as a kid, right? Like, my mom couldn't put me in any sports, not even soccer. You know what I mean? Like, it was that kind of thing. But I always wanted to be, right? And I always would. We used to hang out. And I was always in, like, the uh, – I always hung out with the wrong crowd, right? This is in Brooklyn? 
uh, this was this was after I moved to Queens. You know, I was a little bit older. You know, I lived in Brooklyn till I was like ten. You know, and then uh, nine or ten, and then uh, I moved out to Queens, and we moved. I lived around the corner from the Metropolitan Oval. Right? I don't know if you guys are familiar with the Met Oval. Mm-hmm. Um, Metro Stars used to play there, yep. like all that kind of stuff. So like, I kind of grew up like hanging out, smoking cigarettes, and like watching these guys and kids play. You know, there was a lot of youth playing at the time. At now, it's beautiful. Back then, it was like a dirt lot, basically, you know. Um, but we would break in there. We're not break in there. We would hop the fence. All that's where we hung out, you know, because mm-hmm. they weren't there all the time. That the the field was in disarray in the '90s, right? And we would just hang out there, you know, drinking and smoking, doing whatever we had to do. And and they would have like weekends would come and they would have practices or training. And I always would see this, and I always I always wanted to be a part of it, you know. Although I couldn't. That's kind of cool. You saw like Tony Merola. Yeah, it that's was cool. It was it was super cool, man. You know. It was a lot of good times. Did you know? support any clubs back then? No, I didn't. You know, I, the only people I support now really is LAFC. And like you know, like I said earlier, man, like I'll watch two kids kicking a can in the street. You know, as long as somebody's kicking a ball, I'm gonna I'm gonna watch. At home, my wife thinks it's kind of silly, you know, but like I don't care who's playing. Doesn't matter to me. I don't care if I catch the game in the beginning, the end, the middle. Mm-hmm. So I mean, being from New York, though, there's a lot of a lot of heritage there with a lot of other sports. You know, you've got the Knicks, you've got yeah. you know the Jets, the Giants, yeah. you, you know the Yankees, the, the, right? The, the Yankees, Mets. the yeah. Mets, and then you know uh, the Rangers. And and so, did you ever watch anything? Huge, huge else? Rangers fan. Yeah. Yeah, huge Rangers fan. I was. I loved the. I still love the Rangers. They'll never win anything again. But I. I <laughs> I, I remember because I was there, I was a kid, and I remember when they won that cup, you know, and like that, because of that, like, they're always going to be like, that. I'm always going to remember that. That's something mm-hmm. that like, I can't forget, right? you know, so it doesn't matter how bad they do, I'm always going to be a Ranger fan. You know, everybody, most, the funny thing is, is a lot of, like, most of my family are Islander fans. I was going to ask you that. Most of my family are Islander fans, and it's terrible, terrible. (laughs) I wish I wasn't related to them, but no. (laughs) No, Philly, Philly was texting me from from Defenders, you know, because we text message sometimes, and he was texting me the other night, you know, we were were talking crap to one another about, you know, because Islanders are playing Rangers now, you know. It's, uh, I hate you, Philly. He sends me mean texts about the Rangers. It's not nice. <laughs> we love you, Philly. It's but other other sports, though, man, like, you know, I just, I never really took to, you know, we used to play football on the street growing up, but I, I, I wasn't really a fan. I was a Red Sox fan. Oh, Unfortunately, right. oh, wow. people hated it, man. Of course. People hated it. But you know what? The Red Those words Sox, are not I, You know, I never right had now. a dad, right? And, and I went with my sister and her boyfriend to a Red Sox game. That was the first, that was my first, like, live sporting event. So I was like, I was in, right? Like the Green Monster. Like that was like that was the thing for me as a kid, man. You know, so it's a cool stadium. It's a great, yeah. yeah it's a great, yeah. Sta- it's a great town, right? Yeah. I yeah. mean, Boston's amazing. So. Except mm-hmm. when they're cheating. Oh my gosh! I'm so mad. <laughs> I'm so mad. Don't even get me started about baseball right now. I'm livid. Oh, we'll just we'll move on. We'll we'll keep it to the beautiful game here. Yeah. So um, so your life transitions down to Florida. You're working down there, and that's where you go to school. Did you follow any football while you were in Florida? You know, I, I watched everything, like I said, but I played rugby down there. Mm-hmm. So, um, What's I played, your rugby team? I played for Orlando Griffins, man. All right, um, And uh, shout out to them. I would, They have a 50th anniversary uh, this June, man, so I might be going to Orlando for that um, to hang out with those guys. Um, Do you ever look into the rugby? Because there's rugby teams out here. Man. There's a lot of rugby teams, but I'm 37 now. You know, like it's like <laughs> like it's it's rough, man. Like like rugby is a it's a safe sport, but it's man, it's it's I don't it's know if physical, I could, yeah. I don't want to take that many knocks. You know, like 
it's a it's a it's a thing. But but I, I played rugby, and so it exposed me to soccer players as well uh, a lot. So I got I got a chance to like see a lot of that. But you know, I think we mentioned earlier before that I, I had left just before Orlando got their team. So I was there for all the to- talk and all the hype, and then. I had bounced basically, and then like a year later or two years later is when the team actually like arrived. So well, Sevens tournament's going to be here in LA. I think it's actually going to be down in Carson. It is going to uh, be down in Carson. I'm disappointed yeah. about that, but I actually went. Um, I'm an All Blacks fan. I went to go see yeah, Sevens down in Wellington. Me dude. too. Oh, that must have been amazing, bro. It was. I that don't remember a whole lot. Of I it, still play. I still play the the <laughs> haka they did against France. I, I play it all the time. At least at least several times a year. I just look at it because it's. It's amazing. You Just, need to get pumped up that's for what a the, game. That's the that's the the hoo ha, bro. That's the, the thing, the, man. The, those haka, the haka doesn't change very often, right? There are different ones. Yeah. Oh, okay. There are different ones. Different teams will sometimes, or different teams have changed it for for different. But I'm saying for the all blacks. Times. The all blacks no, don't change different ones. Yeah. Oh, do they? It depends yeah. on who leads it, it does, um, yeah. and what their Maori tradition is. Right. Um, you know, the Maori people have many different sub tribes within yeah. the two islands. And so usually whoever leads the haka for the All Blacks is of Maori descent. Yeah. Um, and typically they do a haka that comes from from their tribe, or they can choose to do one of the ones that the All Blacks have done before. Right. But there are slight variations to the postures and, and the dialogue to it. But the ultimate look of it is somewhat the same throughout. But there's slight tweaks to it, yeah. It's like the walking Wikipedia, man. Dude, oh, it's, if you've never <laughs> no, witnessed like, an you. entire stadium, like if you ever get a chance to go to New Zealand and watch an All Blacks game and just the energy and the vibe in the stadium during a haka is... Like the 3252. But the 3252 is different because <laughs> it's loud, right? The 3252 is making this noise that, that the rest of the stadium is hearing. You know, when a haka is performed, you know, even the away fans, everyone's quiet. Yeah. Everyone's respectful. Oh, yeah. Everyone yeah. watches it. So it's like this moment of reverence while this, you know, very poetic war dance is played out on field. And it's just a very intense thing to witness. And until you see it, it's unlike anything you'll ever experience in the world of sports. It's very unique. Now, I mean, the All Blacks historically have also been a very dominant team the most winningest in history if the all blacks were not a competitive team on the rugby field do you think that the haka would be as respected as it is it's funny my introduction to rugby was through a video of the haka and i had no idea that they were a good team at the point in which i saw it and i was like wow this is awesome and i started watching their matches and then i realized after the fact that they were the winningest team so the haka was actually what got me sucked into new zealand rugby in the first place that's funny that's funny i you know how i got into into all blacks i bought a t-shirt off the clearance rack at like a models or something like that and I didn't know what the All Blacks were. Just like the little I, I feather? I never saw a rug. Yeah, I just thought I thought it was cool. All Blacks, sure. And I, I somebody mentioned, I was like, I don't know, I think I was like in a restaurant or something. So I was like, oh, you're an All Blacks fan. And I'm like, no, nah, not really. And they're like, oh, they're, they, 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 they made some comment, right? And I just go, I, later on I go and I, I look it up and I research it. And I was like, man, this looks, this looks really cool. And I fell in love with rugby. Like I just fell in love with the 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 sport, you know, mm-hmm. and it was, I still, I still, I'll watch any rugby game, yep. any rugby, I don't care who's playing. Yeah. Yeah. I might go down and catch some sevens games as much as I hate going to the, the digs, um, <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, I, I might go down there just to, to, to either see, uh, you know, USA screaming Eagles or, or go down there and see, yeah, the might be kind of cool, but Hey, wait, this is a soccer podcast. Yeah. What yeah. are we talking yeah, about? We're talking about football. Hey, this is how it goes, man. Yeah. Free flow. Free yeah. Flow. At one point you, you kind of expressed earlier that you became a fan of a team in Europe. So how did that happen? 
Was that in Florida? Was that in New York? Um, we talk in Napoli. Yeah. So 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 like I, so earlier, like I mentioned too, like I I was I wasn't a Juve fan, but I was exposed to that the most, right? And them being so dominant, like it's easy to like them. And as as I saw, you know, year after year, you know, Napoli was the underdog. I'm an underdog. I it resonated with me, and I just love. I think their team is the most talented. I at a at a Serie A, I think that. Napoli has not so much right now. Actually, now they still have the talent. I just think they they can't get their get their stuff together. Well, right I now. think once Sadi left, it, they left a huge hole. Yeah. So and they have a lot of they got a lot of locker room problems right now. You yeah. know, and I, you know when guys aren't happy, then you know it, that's what happens on the field. Yeah, you know? the, but still, Maradona played there. Like there's a lot of history there. There's a lot of history. And there's there, a lot man. of mobsterish and I ties yeah, there yeah. too. I mean, I mean, you think about it, like you know, the part of the part of you know, the part of Naples is still run by you know by by mob influence. Mm-hmm. Still, right now, till this day, yep. you know, that's how it is. But you know, one of the the main things that that got me into Napoli most was I had seen videos of the fans. I mean, those are ultras. Like that's the benchmark of what it's supposed to be, I feel like. You know, I mean, the, the term ultra started in Italy, right? It started, mm-hmm. it was an Italian, you know, that that's where it all started. And and the the Curva Nord, man, like, when you see them do their thing, like, they're, that's the real deal. That's legit. You know? It's, yeah. it's yeah. the real deal. And and I had seen that, and I, I'd never seen people, like, I loved I loved watching soccer, but I had never seen that, that aspect of it, right? That passion. And I was always that's what I but I, and I never saw that from Huvik fans. You know, you never they never show that in the stadium. But that's like a that's like a thing for Napoli games. You yeah. know, they have it. I just don't think it's to the same extent. And you know, historically, I would say Napoli is or Naples yeah. in general is a poor, poor like yeah. section of it's the exactly country. Right. Yeah. So I think yeah. it's it's so meaningful to to the residents of that city or that part of the, the island that. You know, they leave it all out there. That's kind of where they go drown their sorrows or express yeah. or you know, blow off steam. Yeah. So yeah. It, it makes sense. Like the whole city shuts down basically. That's exactly when yeah. there's a game. That's true. And they follow a lot of like lo- like local teams too. You know, I right. got I got friends out there. You know, who who I've known for years. You know, shout out to Enzo and Dave, man. These guys, they you know they're out there and they don't they're not big. Napoli fans, you know, they they follow, you know, Serie B teams and mm-hmm. like lower level teams because like for them, it's a city like yeah. that's. Yeah, yeah, it's it's very much like, you know, like like I, I think I heard like the, you know, for England as a reference, like I think the farthest away game is like 389 miles. Right. Right. Like we got to go ac- across the country right. for a week. You know what I mean? Like we don't know what it's like to like to go see to defend your neighborhood to defend your neighborhood you right. know what i mean but like that's what that overseas that's what they're doing right, right? because i mean cuz it is you know i mean you look at how many teams you know it's it, i mean in london alone you've yeah. got five clubs that are in the top flight and then you've yeah. got like another three clubs that are in lower yeah. l- lower level uh competition i mean that's just london alone and yeah. i mean it's yeah. you imagine like los angeles having instead of us having our basketball and football and baseball teams those are all soccer teams yeah that's pretty that'd much be exactly amazing. What it's like over there yeah. Yeah, that'd be amazing though wouldn't it i mean like that's what makes carson so important that's what makes it such a rivalry because honestly they're not they're not rivals right they haven't really won anything. They're they're not relevant anymore well, since as our, it is. since our creation, right? Yeah. Right. You know what I mean. Well, even before that, but that's what makes but not it, for a while. Yeah. It, yeah. We, you got people defending their neighborhood. That's right. what that's what that's what it is. You know what I mean? Like everybody who's here is defending this, and everybody who's over there is kind of you know it's not that far. Carson's not that far. Let's be honest, man. You know it's down the road, but people are defending their neighborhoods. That makes the best rivalries, man. Yeah. 
you know. So you transition your life to Los Angeles to pursue this career working in visual effects. How did soccer come into your life again here in Los Angeles, and how did that become LAFC? So I, I don't, I don't necessarily remember how it came about. It was probably like uh, I followed football all over. So I, I think it was probably through like some back channel, and I think it might have been earlier than most people, because I was I had been following you know or the Orlando team to their inception, right? And as that was happening, there were rumblings of where other teams were going to go. And, of course, this was one of the rumblings, right? So I had heard that probably, like, 2013, right? And I was like, oh, that'd be, that'd be sick, bro. Like I, like, I just moved, you know, I, I moved out here, you know, I, in 2011, right? So I was like, this would be amazing. I could really get in ground level on something and, like, like this would be dope, you know? And uh, I just kept kept my ear going, you know, and as things were happening, things were super busy. You know, I was like at the midpoint of a lot of things popping off from my career, you know, like I was I was I was trying to like really bump things, you know. So like I remember getting emails and all this other stuff about tickets and, and you know, you know, it was like the $50 deposit. And I was like, well, I can't I don't want to I can't commit to nothing. I didn't know where I would be, you know, because as I was an artist at the time, I was like, I don't know, I could be in Canada. I could be. Back east, it, I didn't know, mm-hmm. you know. Um, Shooting yourself in the foot over those North End yeah, tickets Yeah, yeah, for sure, man, you know. If, hindsight's twenty twenty, right? But, you know, I just kept following. I remember they dropped, they dropped uh, when the Crest drop launched, like the same time the Crest launch dropped, um, MLS.com released, like, the, t- the original T-shirts. They weren't even black and gold. It was, like, this black and, like— Red? No, it wasn't black and red. They were like it was black and gold, but like the gold wasn't gold like it is now, right? It was like a flat. It was like a flat. Yeah. Flat gold. It was flat gold. Um and I and I bought the t-shirt. I still got the t-shirt, man, you know? And this was like in the beginning, you know. There was still no team. There was still no nothing. I kept I, I would wear it and people were like, "What what is that?" you know? And I'd be like, "Oh, you know, it's the team that's coming here." And they didn't understand like what why I was wearing a shirt when there was no team. Right. You know? <laughs> Well, I mean, if you came in 2011, you had you were here when there was another team here without mm-hmm. basically competition, and that never attracted you. And that was actually during the time the when they Chivas were going USA. to the MLS Cups. Yeah, too. they were doing well. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, Chivas USA was here as well. They too. were yeah. right, but you know, so it didn't matter to me because they never, um, they never touched me. Right, I think that's the thing with LAFC. They whatever they did with marketing, whatever they did with um how they generated interest was different i never i never got uh anything i never saw anything about galaxy i moved out of 2000 i never saw anything about galaxy i mean you still Ever. don't yeah i mean i never i mean unless, the, you're, by a, the unless you're by the bank yeah. right that's the only place that <laughs> you it. see galaxy posters i feel yeah. like is on the 110 freeway the five yeah. freeway like all it's all orange county yeah. or la south you know yeah, yeah. they i i like south i don't Bay, yeah I don't they feel never like you ever the downtown fans. I don't feel like you ever saw the um, any any galaxy billboards like in the valley. It just gets me thinking, you know. So now you're at this point, you're coming along, and you've bought the shirt, and you're still thinking that you don't want to buy the season seats. You don't want to make the deposit because you don't know exactly where yeah. you're going to be. Right? Yeah, I was I was in transition with. So all kinds of what stuff, was yeah. your first like? 
real event where it wasn't just you wearing LAFC gear, where you went to something that was LAFC themed or related or a viewing party and you know and, and so what what got you to that point? So I I did um I started reaching out to supporter groups, right? Once then once everything and there weren't many at the time, you know. And I, I kinda reached out to all of them. I really only heard uh from Cuervos, right? Um and so it was cool. You know, somebody responded. You know, I was added to, to Cuervo's uh, Facebook group, like, instantly at the time, you know. Um, that's probably, that's not the case anymore. But I luckily was added to them, you know, um, and I had kept up, you know. I, you know, I, I missed all the events, really. Um, but when the, f- the first season started, I had, I had kept up. I didn't make any game, not one game, not one game in the first season. But I, I made it to a watch party. You know, and it was a Corvo's watch party, you know, and I, sh- I show up and I was really feeling it out. I didn't know I had my family with me at the time. My, my kid, my, my wife was not into it, did, did not want to have anything to do with it. I was dragging them around to this event. So I had I had brought them to it. You know, we sat there. We, you know, we ate food. It was like a, it was three, two, five, two membership. Right. So they, they had the sign up there and all that stuff. So I did all that. Um, that was at that barbecue joint. It was. It was at the barbecue. Joint. I went to that one. Yeah, I was yeah, there. Yeah, whatever. Roadhouse or something. How, I don't know yeah, what yeah. I know exactly. Hollywood. What you're Hollywood about. way. Yeah, maybe, maybe Hollywood yeah. way. Um, but I didn't even really talk to anybody. Yard you know, house? I don't know if Yard House. <laughs> no, I didn't, yeah, no, no. It was. Yeah, it was a it was, barbecue it was, joint. I yeah, it was, yeah, it's called Hollywood Way. I think you're right. Um, and I didn't. I didn't even. I didn't really talk to Were nobody. Were you part of D9U mm-hmm. at that time? No. So this is when the 3252 was um, making rounds um, for signups. Um, but this was during the first season. This was yeah. yeah, this was the first season. Yeah. Yeah. I think this was like early. This was like a first or yeah, second away game. It might have been the first game. or second away game. I don't yeah. think we'd actually even had a home game no, yet. No, no, cuz we had first our first six games were away games. Right. 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 And oh, this was during won. that stretch of away games before we even had the first home opener. Right. And um so if you wanted to sign up for 3252, you had to do yeah. it in person and you had yeah. to do it at one of these watch parties and it was sort of rotating around and this was the first one that was in the Valley. So yeah. that is where yeah. I signed up and to be a 3252 member. that's I went at the same time. And, right. it, and it was, I found out through, through Cuervo's Facebook group, you know. Um, but I didn't, like I didn't, I was I didn't really put myself out there at the time because I was still feeling it out. You know, I didn't really know how supportive groups were going to be. I didn't know like what what the vibe was really going to be like. But what I saw was it was, it was already, and I'm sure it was, I'm, I'm sure it might've been the same for other supporter groups, but you know, what I saw were these guys were already had chants going. They already had drums going. They already had like, you know, I saw these dudes and there was, there was, they were tight already. Yeah. You know, they were already organized. Yeah. It was yeah. smaller group, of course, but it was, and it stayed with me, you know. So after that, no more games, right? I never, I, I followed every game, didn't go to any games, didn't go any more watch parties, and season one ended, you know. And I was wanting more, you know. And then season two was, I, I just went. I don't think I, I missed a couple of home games due to work, but you went I, all in. I went, I went all in as much as I could, you know. So your first home game was in season two. Yeah. First game that you went First to. First game that I went to was, was... Was it the home opener? It was the home opener. Oh, nice. So, again, my, my wife, kid, they weren't into it yet. I uh, I, I was like, I, I got I to gotta do it. I got to go, right? Like, I, I, 
I, I missed the first season. I missed all the, the, the cool stuff, you know, and I, I, I felt like I, I couldn't let it go, you know, like I, it always was with me, right? I'd wear the shirt, you know, and I would, it was mm-hmm. there, you know? And I, I tell my buddy, you know, he's my boss, you know, he's like my best friend, man, my mentor, everything. He's the best dude ever, man. And I was like, look, he's not into soccer. I'm like, look, man, like if I get the tickets, will you just come with me, you know? He's like, yeah, of course, you know? And we went, and I, of course I had known the chance already, and like I was super familiar with everything. And it was like, I, we sat like up in 210 or something, you know, and he had a great time. He's still not a super soccer fan, but it, you could see it on, like, I was already on fire for mm-hmm. it. You know, even in 210, I was in fire for it, you know, and I can see how, how it had an effect on him just seeing it, mm-hmm. you know, as someone who's not a soccer fan. So and then, he, now yeah. he could go and watch a game there, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he's super busy, but way more busier than I am. So how did your relationship with the Cuervos grow um, from just attending one of their watch parties to, you know, being a more integral member? I mean, I don't know if I'm integral, but. Um, <laughs> um, I mean, these... but you know what? It accepted, though. You're, you know, it, there, there's a thing where it's like if you show up enough, you are somebody that people are going to start building rapport with. And sure. Right. Yeah. So how did, how did it go from being someone who is associated with the Cuervos to actually being someone who is active um, in? I, I think I think that was mostly just a, a genuine kind of like, you know, I showed up, you know, I, I think because I think because I would follow the Facebook group and I would post in a Facebook group and I would talk to people, you know, like when I showed up to the first game and to the second game, you know, like they kind of had an idea who I was, I think. You know, and and you know, it's a, that's a good word because I do feel accepted. Like that's that's the thing that I feel. Like, dude, I I wish I could be at every Cuervo's event. I wish I could be at every, you know, uh, uh, Tifo painting. I wish I could be at everything that they do because when I'm not, like, I want to be there. You feel like you're missing out. Yeah, like I feel like I, my relationships with these guys, with, with these people could be even stronger if I was able to 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 be in these places and do these things because even with the the amount of time that I'm able to put in like they have they've taken care of of me and my girls man me and my girls we go out there my wife's on fire for the game she loves LAFC now my kid loves going it's the, the environment they they have is safe for us you know like I can walk away and leave my girls there with Cuervos I have no prop like doesn't even doesn't even come I'm a father of a little girl and I got a beautiful wife and I never ever hey you go you're over there your Corvus are over there you're good everybody's good you know what I mean I don't have an issue people hanging out like picking my they pick my daughter up and we watch the game none of the it's it's like family almost man right you know I mean they 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 were great they helped us like uh she was a player walk-on one time um it was it's just been incredible man you know, I can't say enough good things about them. I can't wait, dude. Gabriel's you know? getting to that age where he can almost be a player walk on. So I gotta, I gotta try and figure I out. I can't a way. start lobbying. I, I mean, I, <laughs> yeah, I teared up, Jockey, man. I, got... I teared up, dude. It was, yeah. it was incredible, man. And and you know what? You know what? The club, this club is incredible. Here, here, this is the thing about LAFC, and I don't think I think some people might not even know this, but like, so so she was a player walk on. Um, and you know, I was in the North end at the time. I didn't get no pictures. You know, I don't, that, they were far anyway. You know, you can't even get a picture, but I hit up, uh, Marcus up. Shout out yeah. to Marcus, man. Oh, Marcus, Marcus is my Marcus. boy, man. That dude is the best. 
So, uh, so I hit him up. I'm like, Marcus, man, like, you know, my daughter was a player walk on, you know, like, can you, are there any, can you, are there any photos? You know what I mean? And like two days later, man, like he sent me the photos and stuff. Like, you know, when are you going to, how could you, there's what other sporting event? What other club Has can you just read the access? access? Oh my gosh. The access. You know what I mean? Like, like when I, when I, I, went, I met Rich at a watch party, um, like one of the first ones in season two, like the dude knew my name, you know, like. Because I like some stuff, maybe I comment. Like, I don't – like, it, it's crazy to me that the access that we have to, pe- mm-hmm. to, to, to these people and mm-hmm. how how genuine everything is with this club. Well, Rich you has a, our obligatory LFC Rich shout-out. Rich <laughs> has, like, this insane ability to remember everybody. Like, he has such a way to remember people and faces and names that is – I mean, it's uncanny. The guy's truly gifted in that respect. But it's brilliant, though, It feels right? like there's two of them sometimes, right? There are two. <laughs> there are two. There are two of There is photographic <laughs> evidence to prove this. There, There is a twin. Um, but You've I, never met his – you haven't met his twin? Yeah, no, I have a picture with both of them. Oh, yeah, okay. for sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just to trip people out and be like, which one's the real rich? Oh, man. Well, then there, – well, because there, there was a while when you could tell them apart when – Rich had long hair, and then now when Rich got his haircut, dude, him and his brother, dude, <laughs> you're just lost. You probably did on purpose to test people. I don't know. <laughs> um, but uh, okay, so first time in the North End, what game? Oh man, I don't remember which game it was, um, but it was probably. Man, all right. So, so the first game I was up in two ten. The second game was the first game I brought my wife to. We were up in like two sixteen or something. It was probably like the fifth game, the fifth home game of the season, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, where I was like, because I, I my daughter, I didn't know if my daughter would would be able to to handle it, right? And I was like, so I would walk her over to the north end, like like halfway through, just to see she could see because it was it's always crazy over there, right? Mm-hmm. Just to see how she reacted to it, and she was okay, you know. And I, I would just keep asking, hey, do you want to go You want to go sit over? And, I, and I, I'd ask my wife, like, what do you think? And then they were just like, sure, let's do it, you know? And it was, I don't remember it because it was, it, it's a feeling, you know? Like, I don't, every time I'm in the North End, the game is a blur to me, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, it's because it's not about the game, right? And, and, and for me, like, it goes more so because, I, like, I'm so down, man. Like, like I, I am straight up. And, it, and this goes because, like I said, I'll watch... Two kids kicking a can in the street. To me, it's not the name on the back. It's the crest on the front, right? Like, I'm there. I want to chant for 90 minutes. I want to sweat and get, you know, beer showered. And, like, that's the the experience. Like, to me, that to me that's more important than the game. Like, the tailgate, the camaraderie within, the, within our group, you know? That is more the relationship is more important than what's happening on the field. Because I'm going to rewatch the game later anyway. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, you're there kind of to encourage yeah, the team to feel yeah, like there's you know, a purpose. It's great. Like, look, yeah. so I wasn't in the North End for every game, you know? And if I if I didn't feel well or if like, it was a super late game, we would we'd get sick t- t- you know, tickets in a, in a section where, where my kid could sit, that kind of thing, you know? Um, but I, I wish I could be in North End all the time. It's posted up there because it's, it's, the, it's the, the best experience at a sporting event. That is that you're gonna get. Yeah, it's indescribable. There's nothing else in LA like it. That's for sure. Definitely, or even south of LA. Uh, uh, (laughs) Um, 
You just made me lose my train of thought <laughs> by what you said. <laughs> I had to think about what south of L.A. was. I was like, wait, what? I, I yeah. get turned around super fast. Uh, you know what? I, I am interested. So I'm going to have to. I'm going to miss the Derby at the bank this year. Uh, I've got a I've got a wedding to go to on the same. I, I I've got a wedding. Get married some of the time. I've got a wedding in Fresno, and the wedding is at um, like seven. And I think I think that I think we play it. So like you're gonna be streaming three. it, away. Uh, huh? You're gonna be streaming it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm gonna have my uh, earpiece in, and I'm gonna be watching it like. Sh- these aren't my friends. These are my <laughs> wife's friends. Oh my <laughs> so, oh but uh, I was like, man, is it possible? Is it possible for me to? You know, go to the game and then drive up, and but it's not. But anyways, I'm my I'm going to go to the away match mm-hmm. in Carson, and so I'm I'm just interested to see what what sort of unorganized chaos is going to be because it's like just because you get those safe standing sections doesn't mean that your cheering section is going to be at all organized. You know, uh, you know. I mean, obviously, for the last away game in Carson, we were part of the group that was rerouted to above their supporters section, which was, you know, obviously uh, a bunch of a bunch of bad things came about mm-hmm. as a result of that from them taking us out of where our paid right. seats were and putting us in a different section. But I mean, from what I observed from standing right above them, there was no desire for them to participate together. So, you know, I'm very curious to see what the Victoria Beckham block does as, like, if they attempt any kind of cohesion or if it's the same, like, different people trying to do different chants. I mean, so in in the last Carson away game, we went to, you know, the second one of, of, of season one. There was, like, a massive brawl that broke out between two Galaxy supporters groups against each other. Like, they were... You know they were going at each other. I mean, yeah. by the time the game was over, I mean it was it was so bizarre. I mean, obviously, you know, look, there have been some knuckleheads in the north end that have caused some drama, but I've never seen groups of people go after other groups of people that were LAFC fans. And by and large, almost every single time there's drama in the north end, it's from you know the north end tourists, right? Yeah. The people that yeah. are, that always. don't know the culture. Almost always, yeah. you know, I mean, they've had too much to drink. Yeah. You know, they don't know what's going on. Um, you know, they they cross some unwritten code, and someone tries to check them, and inevitably things escalate at that point. But yeah. and they fall down because them steps are slippery, dog. Yeah. Like, yeah. like we beer. need to talk about having some some safety mats out there. You know, Rich, what's up with them safety mats in the North End? Like, we need like <laughs> some grip tape on the rails. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, them things. I've seen some people take knocks on them rails. Or deeper I, cup ooh. holders. Yeah, deeper cup, cup holders, holders. <laughs> or at least put the cup holders up top and not down by the seats. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's the nobody's sitting anyways. Nobody's sitting there. Like, just <laughs> yeah. take the seat out. Just put the cup holders yeah. up top. I think Orlando has the cup holders up top in that stand, standing yeah. section. You know? Yeah. Well, I know there's a lot of there's a lot of back and forth about the grip tape because some people like the grip tape because you can stand on it. Other people hate the grip tape because it tears the scarves and like it's all back and forth about it. That's North End drama. We don't need that. <laughs> um, but I think, but what's what you were saying? I think I think the Galaxy groups are like not they're sitting across from each other, right? Don't well, yeah, so there's there's four I guess now because there's the new supporters group that just launched with like. The one with a bunch of X's Chicharito, in the middle. The yeah, fan club. yeah, whatever yeah. it is, right? Yeah, I mean, how many red and white, you know, Chivas fans yeah, are going to be I there? I can't wait for that. Chicharito. That's going to be incredible. If La Liron shows up and, and out cheers all of their supporters, yeah, it, might it's going to be the funniest amazing. thing ever. Yeah. Um, yeah, but the ABCs, um, you know, uh, you know, so so they'll be there with the Galaxians and whatever that new one is. The Outlaws. The, 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 the Outlaws. With the Z, right? Mm-hmm. Outlaws with the Z. <laughs> I think they have been trying to coordinate. Yeah. You know, yeah. they don't want to look bad because they're getting this yeah. new area yeah. for them to 
try to showcase what they they want to do, quote unquote. But I think you know a lot of these things happen because this our club is pushing them to be better. Yeah, but Quiet Squad staying on their side of the stadium. Yeah, they're they're not participating. Involved. So I don't know. It's just weird. Yeah. It's weird. Galaxy fans are weird in general, I think. It's just, know? I mean, it's the culture that drives so many people away. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, their fans are the reason they don't have more fans. It's just, it's such a weird, weird vibe down there. But It comes from the top, man. Ah, I, yeah, I agree. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. You know, it's like bad parents have bad kids, right? Like, it's just how it is, man. You know, they're from the top. That front office isn't. Must not be doing them right or something. Ownership, man, yeah. too. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it's just it's you can tell it's very much a the the access that you talked about with LAFC. Yeah. It's not there. No. It's yeah, very much a sure business. Not. It's very much corporate. It's very much, yeah. you know, uh, it's not in, it's not about inclusivity. It's not about trying to make sure that the people that are there supporting are welcome. And, right. The nicest way to put it is it's run by questionable people who make yeah. questionable decisions. I, yeah. I think you know that's that's the most political way to state right. it, um, you know, yeah. without going after anybody. But enough about that. Yeah, no, it's, it's <laughs> um, you know it's a brand new year. Yeah. What are your expectations from a club supporter perspective, also career wise? You know, there's new things that I think you want to accomplish or things on the horizon for you. Um. Club wise, like, I just I think this year is just going to be better you know because yeah. i i'm i am at least for me like i've i've already made the conscious effort to to this is you know and with the support of you know my my girls are involved they're super on board so it, it's going to be even easier this year to like i don't have to wait five or six games to be involved in stuff like i can be involved with the club i can i can be involved with with cuervos more i can do things that are you know more LAFC related the way, the way I want it to be, you know, and I think that alone is going to be just really good for um, just for us, you know, to, to that for that experience. What about video effects wise? What are the, what's on the horizon? Um, what are some of the projects about, that, that you can talk about? Tell me about the card. <laughs> so, uh, you know, we've got we've got a lot of things in the works right now, but we've got you know we've got. Picard, Star Trek Picard drops tomorrow, you know, CBS All Access. Um, it's, any Star Trek fans are going to really, really love it. Um, I got to be honest with you. So I talked to my dad like a half hour before we met up to record. <laughs> um, my dad is uh, a super geek and is like one of the biggest Star Trek fans on the planet. And I told him like, hey, you know, my the guy we're interviewing on the show tonight is working on Picard. And he like... I've never seen uh, a grown man like giggle and get excited what? the way that's like I mean he uh, he was really excited about hearing about Picard and my whole family was super excited. When I was a kid, we would watch Next Generation like every night. So I mean, uh, I've seen every one of those episodes multiple times. That was my dad's favorite show. Um, so Picard is like a huge deal in my family. He's gonna love it. Yeah. He's gonna love it. It's it's. This show, so so we did. Uh, I did Star Trek Discovery season two, um, and uh, we're working on season three now. Of course, you know that's in the works. But um, Discovery is a is a really awesome sci fi show. It's a it's it's a great Star Trek show. Um, but I think this, I think Picard is geared more towards um, the fan that you know, like the maybe like the. P- not purist fans. I don't want to say that because I think Disco Discovery is 
just as much Star Trek as anything else. Um, but I think it, it, it's it's a little younger. It's a little faster. It's a little um, uh, edgier, you know, whereas Picard is very much OG. a distinguished, okay. like, uh, experienced kind of... Uh, Approach? Yeah, like you're. It's familiar. It feels familiar. Whereas like dis- Star Trek Discovery is very um, action. It's very you know heavy on you it's know. The newer, it's the it's newer. It's the newer generation Star Trek. It's the yeah. Chris Pine version Star Trek versus the uh, William Shatner. Yeah, or, it's a little. Yeah, it's a little bit more. Because I mean, I mean you look at that. it right. Like yeah. you look at Shatner and how he did. Uh, you know his version of. Uh, I don't even, I'm not a big Star Trek person. Yeah. Well, I, but I'm just saying, like he man, was this the guy couldn't even Google before he came before I came <laughs> on, man. Ah, <laughs> oh, dude. What? <laughs> J- Captain James T. Kirk. You know what, dude? It, I, I know that I know the actors. I've I've seen. You know, you just but you can see what um, Shatner did and how he was. Yeah, <laughs> Tiberius Kirk. And then you look at like Chris Pine. They're playing similar characters but they're totally different yeah. in the way that they yeah. go about them, right? And yeah. so Discovery, I'm getting from you, Discovery's probably more... Yeah, it's it's in like an a, it's an action yeah. Star Trek, you know? It's, right. it's, it's, there was it's, more it's really good. Yeah. I think there was more lessons, content, yeah. like, conversations that were deeper. Especially season yeah. two. Season yeah. two was, yeah. you know, the writing was superb on that, I feel like, you know, even if, even if you're not a fan of science fiction, I think it was really good. Yeah. Picard is going to be... You said more nostalgia. Yeah, it's it's there's a lot of feeling with it, you well, know. What I liked about those, like the older uh, Star Trek, is like there was a lot of sh- social commentary too. Yeah, which is one of the things that I liked. That you know, they took this sci-fi, this other world, to yeah. teach you lessons about your own world. Yeah, almost, which is kind of yeah. cool. I mean, that's the yeah. Star Trek thing. You know, Star yeah. Wars was the space battles, right? Right. That was like the space opera. Mm-hmm. You know, which is great. I love I love Star Wars. Yep. You know, but Star Trek was like, it was very. Uh, progressive, mm-hmm. you know, it was very much about social commentary, you know, and I, I, it still is, you know, I really, you know, uh, between the the people they choose to do the acting, the writing, you know, it's it's very progressive, it's very much social commentary, you know, and I think Picard you're going to see is that too, um, it just feels good to me, you know, sure. Picard feels like it's going to, I think people are going to dig it, you know, I hope people dig it, everybody tune in. Tomorrow, Thursday, the twenty third, CBS All Access. This episode will probably come out after that, but you That's all okay. can everybody go back, go and, back watch and watch it. it. Yeah. Go back and watch it. Yeah. Um, I know, uh, you know, I'm moving tomorrow, so I'll probably miss it. But um, I'm definitely going to be going to be following this season. Well, thankfully, it's on All Access, and you can just sign in, yeah, stream, and it. stream it. You yeah. don't got to, you know, it's not like back in the day. You know, you miss it. You got to like wait. Wouldn't for happen it to be on YouTube TV by States. any chance, would it? Mm-hmm. No, but we maybe one <laughs> Come day. Come on, Matt right? Ross, get maybe on. Maybe one All day. Right. <laughs> you know, that'd be great. Well, uh, thank you so much for coming out and joining us and, uh, you know, telling your story. We really appreciate that. Um, to anyone else out there in the LAFC community that wants to jump on and tell us your story, please reach out to us at, at LAFCS2S. Um, everyone in this community has a story to tell. Let us be the avenue for that story to come out. And uh, before we send you back home, we have one last question for you. Uh, you may have uh, seen this one coming. Oh, yeah. What does shoulder-to-shoulder mean to you, Sean? Oh, man. Shoulder-to-shoulder is family, 100%. It's, it's, you know, coming up, when I came up, um, when I was a young kid, you know, I was in, like, group homes and stuff. Um, I didn't live at home for a long time. And the people who were there were my brothers, you know, the kids I was in a group home with. 
that same feeling is the feeling you get within LAFC, within the community. You know what I mean? It's lit- it really is shoulder to shoulder. Like, if I fall down in the street, right, outside of the bank, somebody's going to pick me up. You know what I mean? They're going to help me out. Whereas, mm-hmm. like, in life and, and just right, you know, in the times that we're in, like, you don't get that. You don't get people who want to help people. And I feel like that that's what that's what we have, man. We have we have a, a culture of I want people to come to LAFC. I want people to come to games. I want people to come and meet the supporter groups and hang out on Christmas Tree Lane and experience this because it's so good, because it feels like family. You know, it feels really good. Shoulder to shoulder, man. You know, I love it. I love it. I, I do have one thing I want to add, though, because I said that I was I told my wife I was going to say this. Yeah. So check this out. So you guys are going to love this. My my wife who was never into soccer or football. You know, she was never into football before that. You know, I've always have been. And there was a time. You shout know, out to her. Give her your wife's name. Shout out to Eileen. Shout out to Eileen. He had the bruja on uh, Instagram. Uh, I love you, baby. <laughs> so, oh, wait, how do you how, how do you spell that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. H-I-J-A. I'm Italian. I, I come on, I'm trying. Yeah. Um, but, but so so, I had a Juve game on, right? Yeah. And they were playing Napoli, and uh, she was asleep on the couch. So so she wakes up. She, she doesn't know anything about about football, right? So she wakes up. And she's like, why are there so many referees on the field right now? <laughs> <laughs> because they used to have the, remember the old jerseys, the striped jerseys. And and that, man, we're going to be 85 years old. And I'm going to look over at her. I'm going to be like, you remember that time you woke up? And you asked me why, why there were so many refs? Because it, it, that, that is like a great football memory for me. Yeah. Right? Because it was just, it's so funny, man, you know? Yeah, why are you watching a game with Foot Locker? <laughs> it's play? so yeah. good, it man. Awesome. I actually prefer was, those jerseys, but, was, you know. Yeah, I, yeah. I like those yeah. a lot, too. Yeah. I also want to thank you guys so much for thinking I'd be interesting enough to have on here, man. Because, oh. like, this is, this is so important to me. Like, I was, I was freaking out the entire time because I was like, this is... This is awesome for you guys to, to even think to invite me on here, man. I really, really appreciate it. Oh, you know, honestly, it's it's stories like this. Like, you know, we love meeting casual people that are not casual in the sense of supporters, but I'm saying casual where it's like you are a fan of a team and you're not looking to be someone that's in the 3252 all the time. You just want to come and watch the game. Or if you were someone that is somebody in the 3252 and you just want to come on and talk to us, it's being able to know because it is, it's a huge family, Yeah, yeah. you know, and there's a lot of extended family members that we just haven't met yet. And that's yeah, what we're looking yeah. to do is we're trying to meet everybody so that we can walk up and it's like, Hey, you know, we had this conversation. You, we know your story, yeah. and hopefully, then at the same time, you know our story because you know we've we've now and it's letting you guys into our lives. But right. you also, we also want that to be able to be in yours. You know, it doesn't right. matter yeah. what your affiliation with the club is. This club means as much to every one of us, yeah. right? Your passion, what this club means to you in your life, how you feel integrated within this community is no less because you joined at a particular season, came to a certain game, joined a particular supporters group. None of that is important in the end. Ultimately, it's the pride and the passion and the sense of community that you feel yep. that that is that is no different from someone who's been with this club from the second of its inception, like a Ray that's been on the show. You know, the passion and pride mm-hmm. that he feels for this club is the same as yep. you. And and that's that's kind of what ties and binds us all together and is what 
this show wants to be a conduit to hear more of that from you out there. So, you know, maybe this is your first season. Maybe this is your third season as an LAFC fan. But, you know, if you want to come here and tell your story and and just talk football with us and and, and talk about your love for the beautiful game, please reach out and join us. We'd love to have you on the show. We are very responsive. (laughs) (laughs) We do respond respond to everyone. We respond to everyone. (laughs) So troll us. We'll go at you as well, too. And, yeah, I mean, you want to throw us in your story after an episode or whatever, we'll, we'll, uh, you know reply and copied in our story yeah. and you know we're all about sharing the love amen amen well thank you so much for joining us for our first episode of season two here from um the the new confines of the new shoulder to shoulder studios 2.0 2.0 so on behalf of sound engineer wilton chris christian and myself thank you so much for coming sean we appreciate having you here and with that Take us home, Sticks. Shoulder to shoulder, together this our culture. Feel the force of a supernova. Stay fly in that FC dorsum. Hey, shopping down to Nikki's, Koreatown Liddy. Cape us so mommy, about to drop her fifth. They want me to stop, but I ain't. Come to my house, I'll defend that bitch.